Welcome to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. Okay, so I'm not saying that I'm a psychic who can tell the future, but I'm not not saying that either. What are you talking about, Janelle? Well, glad you asked. Uh, After interviewing today's guest, I immediately decided on a show title of The Once and Future Politico. And now he's running. Our darling Josh is one of the young whippersnappers to watch in San Francisco. I firmly believe that he's going to win his big race for president of Associated Students at SF State, which is going on right now, by the way. And next, who knows, maybe City Hall. Who do we have today we've got a youth a youth with a strangely beautiful head of hair that i very badly want to touch but we he doesn't know i don't know him like that yet and i don't want to freak him out um my fellow sf bernie Kretz, board member the one the only the once and future leftist josh say what's up to the people josh Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Um, yes, you can definitely touch my hair. It is very flowy. I did it all nice you for today. You are going to have to drop, like, you're going to have to drop your wash day routine because those curls are <laughs> juicy and popping. They look soft. They look buoyant. It's it's a balancing act, you know. That's it's right. definitely it's finding the right products. That's right. Trying not to drown my curls. Listen, this is and, a metaphor for life. Come on, help us. Help us. And then just trying to avoid that frizziness. That's but cr- we... We all feel that struggle, so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. mercy. <clears throat> I really did. I didn't have enough time to do it, but I really did want to do like a, uh, like a TikTok or real. Do you, did you ever see that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? I heard about it, did not see it. Okay. That's like, I've seen that movie 800 <laughs> times because I don't uh, have COVID. I, that's right. And COVID. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's this one scene <laughs> where the aunt is being like weird with her fiance's hair. And I wanted to recreate that with you. But again, um, don't come in too hot, Janelle. You <laughs> just met him not too long ago. Don't we'll get just there. start touching that, <laughs> that man. <clears throat> that's correct. We will get there. Uh, <laughs> uh, how are you? How have you been? I'm good. I am stressed out. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Honestly, you know, it's the COVID lifestyle, so sure. just trying to, you know, roll with the punches, sure. make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Listen. It's always a process. There's ups and downs. It. That's correct. Um, what has you stressed, my brother? Well, uh, my job mainly was, Mm-mm. you know, student government, as of state, but uh, just, you know, balancing a bunch of different hats, you know, sure, sure. family life, personal life. Mm future endeavors and just all you know all that kind of blending into one mix is trying to find that balance again because i'm because he a busy man okay um my boy has things to do so we're gonna get up to your current stressful moment okay but i want to start where Ooh. 
at the beginning. Okay. That's right. Okay. <laughs> he goes, he goes ooh. ooh. Literally took me back. <laughs> a pop quiz, Janelle. Oh, God. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> You're so silly. No, no, no. Um, so he, just for everyone listening, and I mean, I'll probably put this in the show notes. What is, so? Well, I, I was particularly interested in speaking with Josh, am particularly interested in speaking with Josh, <laughs> is because this little baby, this is, he is the future. This is a young <laughs> man so it's like what what was the what had to happen for someone so young to be (laughs) like so engaged so involved so passionate and and, you know he like he'd be showing up doing (laughs) the work so it's like yeah we're gonna we're gonna chit chat so let's get into it (laughs) please my my baby leftist what where did it begin walk me take me back so there it was <laughs> mission viejo california <laughs> january thursday january 28th 1999 <gasps> are you I, an aquarius yes okay i'm an go. aquarius baby um <laughs> we are the rarest sign i always like to say that <laughs> um but yeah i was born in 1999 so i am 22 years old mm. um you were born in 1999 yeah wow yeah. So wow, lower um, your voice, please. Don't. <laughs> I'm one of the youngins. Yeah, like. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So yeah, I'm 22, uh, born and raised in Orange County, California. Mm, what was that like? Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> it. Let's just say it's a mixed experience. Huh. Um, you find, you find the good peoples. You find the allies. But you also know that you're surrounded by the Red Sea. Mm. You're like, am I in Saudi Arabia? No. No, no, no. (laughs) I'm just in Orange County. So, you know, I grew up in South Orange County. So it's very kind of white suburbia with some speckles of brown, like myself included. Um, What is your speckle? What is your particular speckle? So I'm actually, I'm I'm mixed. Um, Still finding out new parts of my identity because... um, to be honest, a lot of it was lost in, you know, cultural assimilation throughout the generations on both my parents' sides. Um, what do you mean when you say that? Um, well, for my mom's side, um, well, I grew up in a, first off, I grew up in a, like, a working class, single parent family. My mm-hmm. mom raised me, me and my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, um, she's white and Jewish, mm-hmm. but she's adopted. So she's she was put, you know, it's a very mixed household is her and four other adopted siblings, hmm. um, with my two grandparents. Um, and they're from different backgrounds too. So it's a very kind of mixed household. What were your grandparents? Your um, maternal grandparents? My, my mom's dad, um, David was, uh, raised on a native American reservation mm. in San Bernardino. And he's also, I think his Mexican background, um, but so, he was one of, th- of I think, 12 siblings. So the he's... The only one to get an education. He was Mexican and native? Yes. Got you. Whoa, and then okay. he um, was able to, not to say escape, but he was able to get out of the reservation and kind of establish himself. He was the first, he was first gen. Mm-hmm. Um, he got his doctorate um, mm-hmm. after years and years of teaching wow. um, and getting education and then adopted five babies and my mom was the last one she mm. was the caboose so the, the caboose. <laughs> um but yeah she was raised in that very multicultural household because um my grandmother was danish and she was from the midwest i think so she brought um a lot of experiences from that and they were older so they grew up through the great depression mm. um so they're very much like here's what it is this is our life mm. and we're gonna do the best we can sure and i think that's you know the values that i was raised with my mom mm-hmm. Um, on my dad's side, 
it's very interesting um so it was so, so hang on yeah go. so your so your mother her her biological parents one was white one was jewish oh no her adopted oh no sorry we know her her she was adopted by a man who's part native and mexican yes and her adopted mother it was like danish middle american yeah but her biological parents one one was white and one was jewish or they were both white jewish i think they were they were norwegian and jewish oh wow did she ever was she ever able to like find them or <laughs> that figure out who they were that is a long story mm. <laughs> um yes um unfortunately they were not welcoming um oh, so to her to her wow. and our family so it was was she a love child or was she what a love child um or were they like married a and... secret child i think oh that was somebody was tipping yes um Ooh. she was um abandoned so mm. she was a what they call foundling where they um she was left at the doorstep of a church and oh, wow. that's how and she was four days old oh and wow. you know considered a jane doe uh-huh. and was fostered by then the woods uh-huh. and that's that became the family that adopted her oh and then wow. she became from a jane doe to jackie woods oh wow wow yeah. wow wow and there's a wow. whole bunch behind that um we you know that goes way back to we thought we found her biological family mm-hmm. um turned out it was a paper mistake and we found that in about a year into getting to know each other what do you mean a, a paper mistake um basically everything looks like paper wise it looks correct mm-hmm. but then they took a biological test and it turns out it was wrong and we basically yeah we met so the first people you thought you found to be her biological parents yes. it after getting like a m- mouth swab yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. it turned out those were not her biological parents yeah and wow and wow. they were it was really heartbreaking at the same time we still consider them family sure. um, because of the, the the things we went through together but sure. they were very welcoming Oof. very loving and heartwarming like please come into our home yeah, yeah we'll yeah, feed yeah. you we'll take care of you wow. we went on vacation together when we found out how and it long was... did y'all how long was y'all kicking it before you found you took a the dna test it was almost a year i think Damn. um and i think they were both nervous about it because it's like there was always that what if it's not sure um, ooh, ooh, ooh. but that had to be hard both ways yeah it was it was a very hard moment mm-hmm. um because it was you know especially for my mother um she was she's always tried to find that like because she you know she was talking about you know she's so happy that myself and my brother we know where we come from we know that we come from her we know that we come from my dad yeah but she never had that connection Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. she was always looking um she adored her adopted parents that was those were her parents but she just wanted to know Mm -hmm. like what what else was there to her story yeah um and unfortunately it was you know a family that was riddled with a lot of distrust and skepticism so Mm. they some some of the parts that that family don't believe that that it's true wow but the biological story and line says it is so they so her parents her her biological parents were were married they was kicking it they each had their own family uh, and she was the, i don't know honestly for my end i was really sold on the first time sure, we found sure, those, sure. our our family um so the second time around was a much harder um not only for my mom but for our family yeah, too myself so i never got as invested in that second mm. kind of round of search sure, sure, searching sure. um so i still call like our first the first people yeah. we found like you know i still call them family sure, um so sure. we just kind of we're just like, well, we'll, we'll keep they talking to you. Your family. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's, it's more of like a, you know, we found each other yeah, that's and, right. through a, a, that process. Yeah, so that's 
Yeah. There's still ties to bond. May not there. be blood related, but I think you still know, through our experiences related. Yeah, that's all right. yeah. Okay. So what what about your dad? So your mother raised you. Yes. Your mother with a very interesting backstory that maybe made her long for a family of her own mm-hmm. when they when the time came and you know, you and your brother are the product <laughs> of that. Yes. And what about your dad? Uh, my dad is um, kind of the same as my mom's adoptive father. He is Mexican, Spanish, and Native American. Your dad? So, yes. Gotcha. Okay. So I think his grandfather was, or his father is Spanish. Um, and then from my, uh, my, my dad's mom's side is Native American and Mexican. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's... Um, I don't know the tribe. I'm trying to reconnect with kind of my my native roots. Yeah. And that's honestly something I didn't know about until a few years ago. Huh. It's one of those dad moments where he's like, I told you that. But you, I'm like, <laughs> I would have remembered that's if you told me I was Native American. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. So it's, but I mean, when I found out, it made sense. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, obviously, like, like that, I've always felt that connection. So you didn't understand your dad to be part Native as you grew up? I mean, yeah, it was, it was kind of, and that's kind of the part of like the assimilation part is, Mm. you know, to them, to a lot, I mean, uh, to my parents and to, you know, their parents' parents, um, being American meant assimilating to be what was then known as just being white. Yeah. 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 So a lot of it was lost in the process. And, you know, we still have some, um, like Mexican, Mexican traditions and cultures on my dad's side. Um, less so like Mm. it's more, um, I mean kind of whitewashed a little bit but i think there's still that that touch there um Mm. and yeah it was was, a lot of it was lost i think in the in the process and the struggles of just coming to where we are today um and how our families look now did you feel either quote all all american or white growing up or was i was (laughs) did yes did you feel all american or white growing up let me let's start there um or was that your understanding of yourself or was it just like i'm a human that I, lives in orange county yeah more the latter i sure. was you know kind of you know i knew i was mexican and like had that had that touch i didn't know and my mom knew that she was jewish so mm-hmm. it was kind of like i thought those were like the only parts mm-hmm. so i always considered you know i'm i'm mexican or hispanic and i'm jewish mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then i have to go through the whole thing about saying jewish is also with ethnicity yeah. it's not a religion yeah, yeah, yeah. i've never been religious so it's like <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> let's take a step back and, <laughs> and start learning some Good. but um yeah i just I, you know i was more just you know through the experience that i had growing up mm-hmm. we didn't really have time or the environment to kind of search within ourselves hmm. so most what do you mean of, when you say that um, a lot of, in a lot of struggle, um, you know, the working, the working ex- class experience, I think of, um, you know, being in a single parent family, mm-hmm. um, having a lot of economic and housing insecurity. Mm. Um, there was spots of homelessness in, oh, wow. in my family. So it was very difficult and, you know, having to separate, you know, mm-hmm. me and my mom going to live in a motel mm. and my brother had to live on the couch with my dad. So it oh, was, wow. There was a lot of struggle, especially when I was, you know, coming of age and, you know, like 13 to 16, mm-hmm. a lot of struggle then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, my whole life, it was always, you know, moving from place to place throughout SoCal. Gotcha. So it was a lot of struggle. Um, so then it was just like, as long as I'm like happy, as long as, you know, my mom very emphasized being a family and like, no matter what happens, we have us three. Yeah. Um, and everything outside of that doesn't matter. Sure, so sure. that was kind of her emphasis. Mm. Would you describe your childhood in Orange County growing up? Yeah, um, it was, I mean, it was good. It was, my mom always, I think, has 
regret mm. about how we struggled. Hmm. Um, and you know, there's, it's hard for her to talk about still. What do you mean when you, what do you, what do you mean when you say she has regret or what do you think her regret? How would she, you describe that? Yeah. She thinks that because we were struggling, that it was all of her fault hmm. and it was very much, you know, because we were unable to find housing sometimes because we had to move every two or three years hmm. or sometimes less hmm. like that, that was on her. Uh, and you know, I mean, my parents got divorced when I was two, mm-hmm. so I don't know what my parents together looks like. Um, <laughs> sure. My brother does a little bit because he was six when that happened, mm-hmm. but um, it was, you know, for my mom, it was just kind of trying to find a way to keep the family together. Sure, sure. Um, but, you know, financially, we were completely independent from my dad. Um, mm-hmm. What did your mom do for work growing up? She's a public school teacher. Oh, okay. Um, she, I think since she was 26. Mm-hmm. Um, she has been a public school teacher. She started off at elementary, mm-hmm. went to middle, then high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she's back at elementary. Like once I moved to college, she's like, I need something different to change it up. Sure. And she went back to elementary. Uh, but now I think she's been a teacher for over 30 years. Mm. So, and even as a public school teacher, and cause I think this is important mm-hmm. to hear, even as a public school teacher who I presume she went to college, mm-hmm. you know, to get her education her teacher certification you know dedicated public employee but it was still very difficult for her in terms of her her family life to to provide for for herself and her children yeah and Mm. part of it yeah growing up i think it's kind of hard to say because i I don't think i was old enough to understand sure um but they pay okay like like for like in, at least in Orange County, mm-hmm. um, but the main struggle was there was a lot of fallout after the divorce. My parents separated. Sure, so sure, sure, sure. There was you know it's expensive lawsuits involved. Mm-hmm. There was the cost of you know having a lawyer to separate. Yeah. Um, and so with that, she she was the breadwinner in my family. Oh, so, when they were together. Yes. Ah. So my dad was um he worked for hotels and I think uh he's a he's a big like food and beverage manager mm-hmm. for you know, I think Holiday Inn and like some other hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom made the most money. Sure. But because of that, mm-hmm. she then took on most of the debt. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, looking at the numbers and I was just looking at this different like financial aid um, campaign that I'm working on with student government. And they're like, what what could be changed about financial aid? Mm-hmm. And the one thing I was I was bringing up is that numbers don't tell the story. Hello. Park <laughs> so, right there. Park right there. So while, you know, my mom looks like she's making a pretty decent income, like, mm-hmm. 80 90,000 a year she was also dealing with tens of thousands of dollars of, of debt yeah because of the lawsuit because of taking out loans to help raise our family yeah. especially in south orange county where it's you know two three thousand dollars a month to be able to provide for us as a right. family right um but you know by her by herself she was not able to fully fund a like fully fund our family to be able to you know have a comfortable life. I sure, guess. sure, sure. And this, I mean, that's difficult to do anywhere on one income, mm-hmm. but certainly in California, that's a whole yeah. other, that's a, a whole other Herculean task, of course. Yeah. Was she able to have a stable employment, meaning like she was, you know, when she was an elementary school teacher, she was at such and such elementary school, you know, for several years. However, like what's going on in her personal life is like still having to like mm-hmm. um, ad- adjust and kind of, adjust on the fly and kind of move you guys around to be able to figure things out (laughs) she never changed workplaces because Mm -hmm. of what we were going through like throughout my whole childhood she always worked at my the high school that i eventually went to Mm -hmm. um but it was very much like 
kind of like how people say, like, you know, you never know what's going on in someone's That's life behind correct. the scenes. Yeah. That was very much what was happening. I so you. we moved, I believe, over 10 times. Wow, wow, wow. From just like me growing up to be like 16. Gotcha. So we moved a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but because know. housing, the cost to like pursue lower cost of housing or because like just the, the things will come up like there is there rent control in South Orange <laughs> County? No, 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 mm-hmm. no. It was very much um, uh, just trying to make it. And then, you know, a lot of people, you know, after one year, bump up the price, I 200 see. $300. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one situation that forced us to stay in a hotel for the first time, mm-hmm. they raised our rent from $2,100 a month to $2,700 a month. Ooh, and so... Can't afford that. That's something that... It's just not realistic. Sure, um, sure. Because they're like, oh, we put, we did a paint job so that, right. <laughs> you know, we're going to raise your rent $600. Right. It's like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first time. And then there was a few other times where because of, you know, credit and loans sure. and debt, it was just, you know... Basically, that that we we got evicted. So I got you. Twice. Did that level of precarity that you experienced growing up did that make it difficult for you socially, like to have mm. and establish like quote normal childhood friendship, whatever that means? But like, did that? You I know mean, what I mean? I guess in terms of what was normal in SoCal, mm-hmm. it was kind of like you know, it was normal to have friends over at your house yeah. and always you know hang out like after school, mm-hmm. but. It was always me going to other people's houses sure. because, you know, it'd be different. You know, one time it'd be lucky if like, hey, the house is clean and yeah, we yeah. can like, we can come over to this place. Um, but usually it was either too far away from like other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're like 12 and 13, it's like, you're not going to walk two miles to go to my house right, when, right, you're, right. when your house is around the corner. Right, right, right. So it was difficult in terms of like after school, I think. I see. And like friends relationship wise. Mm-hmm. But I think when it came to... During school, I think it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I don't know, it, it was it was easier for me to kind of mask that part. Huh. Um, it became harder as the situation got worse, especially in high school. Mm, what do you mean? Um, well, I mean, that was the period of time when we got evicted and we were we had to stay in a motel. Um, you, you and your mom while your brother was with your dad. Yeah, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was the second time we were evicted was the worst time. It was mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve, so it was oh. like, thanks, police. Wow. Um, but... We were forced to kind of like kind of scurry around mm-hmm. um, and we were lucky to be able to find a place that that day. So it wow. was not like we had to sleep in the car or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we stayed there for 14 months and in the motel. Yeah. What was that experience like? It was hard. It, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be very close with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it was OK. Mm-hmm. But I think as the you know as it became longer and longer in that experience mm-hmm. i could feel the mental effects mm-hmm. and i that it would honestly would not understand until like recently in the sure. past few years mm-hmm. where i was like wow that's probably one of the main reasons why i have such uh, a debilitating anxiety disorder uh, i was going through depression at the time mm-hmm, and i was also mm-hmm. coming to the fact um or kind of coming to the realization that it wasn't straight so it was uh, all that Kind of at the same spot, yeah. Which you know, I was like, "Thank you for finding the perfect time right, right, to right. really have these self-realization moments." Sure. Um, but it was all kind of happening at the same time, so that's what that's what made it especially difficult. Mm. So it was very much uh, didn't really like myself, mm. um, and it was you know coming to realize that you know that's what that's really when my anxiety kind of took over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also part of it is because, you know, my mom has the same disorder. Like, she's uh, very, very, very 
prevalent anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I think it's both biological and from the experience. Environmental. That we had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Do you think that your mother's regret because she has internalized like the struggle that you know you all you and your brother were exposed to while you were growing up do you think that that like came to a head the second time you got evicted and were living in a motel or do you think it's just cumulative because of everything she feels you know like she quote failed or let you down or whatever i think it was i think it's just a mix Mm -hmm. um she i think she's very introspective like that Mm -hmm. she very much likes to kind of look at the experiences that we've had Mm -hmm. um and I think, you know, she does you know, maybe feel that she failed us in some way <laughs> mm-hmm. because, you know, to her, you know, she grew up in a comfortable, with a comfortable childhood. You mm-hmm. know, she had that family support. Mm-hmm. Um, and back then when they paid professors well, yeah. like my, you know, my grandpa was able to afford to be the only one working. You yep. know, his, yep. you know, my grandmother was a stay at home mom mm-hmm. raising five kids mm-hmm. and they were able to afford that. Yeah. Comfortably. Um, comfortably. Yeah. Maybe not comfortably, but like. They were able to make it yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, be able to still get Christmas gifts at the end of the year. Sure. Um, and I think from coming from that origin, mm-hmm. my mom was very much like I was not able to do that support you. I see. I see. And I think she takes it on herself personally. Mm-hmm. But I think what she, you know, fails to acknowledge is that, you know, this is not it's not her fault. It's that's right. It's, you know, it's the fact that my parents got separated. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that, you know it was a shit show after the the great recession. Yeah. Um, and just a lot of other external factors that just made it an even worse situation. That's right. So, That's right. you know, it's, it's definitely, it's not her fault. Mom, no, if no. you're listening, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's definitely, there was many reasons why it sure, happened. Sure. Sure. Do you have, what are, do you have any, what are some of the fondest memories you have like, growing up? <laughs> um, it's okay if you don't have any. But. No, I do have a few. I think um, just being able to have pets. Like, mm. I still have my cat from when I was eight years old. No. Um, yeah, so my, my I have a big, big black chubby cat. Her name is Skittles. Sk- um, <laughs> she's 12 or I think she's about to turn 13 next month. Whoa. Um, but in April. Mm. But she is, um, you know, my emotional support animal. She's sure. definitely there. She helps my anxiety and, you know, just... Being able to be with her is very comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, but just growing up with pets, mm-hmm. I grew up with like two big dogs mm-hmm. and just had a bunch of cats in the process. Sure. Um, but honestly, I think it's just really what my mom focused on is just having a, a, that family support mm-hmm. and just being able to talk to my mom about literally anything. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very opening and supportive. Mm-hmm. And same with my brother. He was, you know, he went through a rebellious stage that time. Sure. So he was very much like, I'm going to do what I want. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I was just like, I was very much a mama's boy. Mm. So I think just, you know, even through the hardest of struggles, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, it was in a dark motel room. Yeah. um, You know, we still looked at the the pros. We were just like, at least the air conditioning's good. (laughs) (laughs) At least we get like the little coffee set up in the morning that's in the the lobby. Mm. Um, And we're able to get like a muffin to go to school. Mm. But, you know, it's just... She always focused on the good things, sure. and that was so important because if if we didn't, if we kind of just wallowed in our yeah, yeah, yeah. darkness, yeah. I think it would have been a lot worse. Mm. Do you? Yeah, I yeah, I can't imagine looking back now that you're, even though you're a young adult, you are an adult. <laughs> As a young adult, how do you think your mother handled like holding together her family life and like showing up as a teacher to young people? You know what I mean? Like that's it's, mm-hmm. it's one thing if you're a 
I don't know if you have like a, a desk job where you don't really <laughs> have to interact with people, but you have to have like, you have to be like attentive. You have to be energetic. You have yeah. to be like on top. You know what I mean? It's like for your students, like how looking back, how do you think she like was able to do <laughs> that? Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's a mix of things. I think earlier when I was younger, it was very hard for her because she hmm. had, you know, like, let's say, for example, in 2010 was a, was kind of start where we get, we're getting into the rough zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she was raising me. I was 11. Mm-hmm. My brother was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're both we're still young kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she was also working a full-time job. Mm-hmm. So she would have to take other part-time jobs mm. um, to be able to support us, to be able to pay the bills. Mm. Um, what are some of the part-time jobs she took? It was all like pretty much school related. Mm-hmm. So that she would, you know, be the scorekeeper, like our, our school games. Mm-hmm. She would um, teach summer school. Mm-hmm. She would teach after school. Mm-hmm. She would teach continuation classes mm-hmm. at our, um, like our alternative high school. Yeah, so always working. They were always working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throughout my whole childhood, you know, it was hard for her and she was, you know, She'd come home, like scrape together some dinner, yeah. and fall asleep really mm-hmm. early, and mm-hmm. you know start all over, again. start start over again the mm-hmm. next day. And mm-hmm. So it was like that, and then you know the weekend was grading for papers, yeah, yeah, all that process. So she's just always grinding, always, always working the grind. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did um, you was your how how do you think you perceived your father and his his work situation growing up? Um. Or was that not as? It wasn't. Um, it wasn't as prevalent. Sure. To like what we were talking about, mm-hmm. there were times, you know, especially when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, a lot of fighting, sure, a lot of aggressiveness, um, especially from my mom because she was very much the one. And she's like, "You're not supporting this family," mm-hmm. and my dad, my my dad would, you know be in and out of jobs he would be you know going from this hotel to that position to mm-hmm. this position to going to you know sell suits and they're just sure, like sure. we're over here mm-hmm. you know please help us yeah. um and he did he did help in some parts especially when we were in our worst mm-hmm. um but you know the beginning years were rough because there was sure. always a lot of cussing sure, sure. a lot of screaming yeah. a lot of angry phone calls yeah. um a lot of chitter chatter that like they would ask us to be the messengers and i'm like Right, I'm a kid. I'm eight years old. Yeah, that's I'm not right. gonna tell my dad this. Yeah, I'm not gonna right. tell my mom that. Yeah, you know, that's right. That's right. Um, so it was difficult. More of an afterthought, but you know, it still had a big presence sure. in the struggle. I sure, think. sure. Did you? How? What was it like socially in terms of like the the communities that you grew up in, Orange County? Like, how would you describe describe that? um like were you surrounded by like evangelical weirdos like what trying to think of nice ways to say this no you don't have to be nice i mean Fuck these hoes. let's just say um they could care less what do you mean when you say that um when it came to kind of what you were talking about before of how did she work in during these things you know for her school administration they were you know more corporate people Hmm. very not they were not educators Mm. so they were not supportive Mm -hmm. um there would be community members who i mean every it's very kind of independent minded Hmm. for people down there it's Hmm. like you know plus you're surrounded by a lot of wealth Mm. so you know like there's very very rich neighborhoods around where i grew up like Mm -hmm. you know around the lake there was you know 
go to the Gaza. There was, you know, Laguna Beach, hmm. La- you know, Irvine. So yeah. all these cities where people were making six digits. Um, six figure shout. Six, six figure. Six digits? <laughs> <laughs> they were making six digits, seven digits. Um, and, you know, they could, you know, they could care less. Mm-hmm. They, the only thing that they cared about was, you know, whether their their kid would drive to school in the family Mercedes or not. Mm. That was like... Like the, indifferent to... Are you saying, when you say that they could care less, they were, they sh- they held an indifference toward what people who are not them may yeah. or may not have been experiencing? Yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it's upper class. The upper class privilege just blinded them from, I think, seeing from other perspectives mm-hmm. um as we know sure, um, sure, sure, sure. but that exists everywhere but i think it was very prevalent in this these regions because these people are more conservative so mm-hmm. it was very much like well then just work harder mm, like that's how about you just get another job that pays you well right that kind of behavior I so see, it was very much it was very unsupportive i see um did that, did, yeah. how did you did that grate your nerves as a child growing? like did you understand <laughs> that or did you internalize oh, yeah. it or no what? I, I still see that to this day, that kind of behavior. Um, I consider myself a very kind of just cut to the chase, no bullshit kind of person. Mm-hmm. And I think you can, you know, you can spot, at least from my perspective, I can spot those kind of people that I'm like, Ugh, that like gives me OC vibes. And I'm like, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, sure. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a weird kind of dynamic. I think that, mm. you know, for me, I'm always kind of looking at, what's the next thing to do and how can i help support other people mm. and you can tell you know like kind of like the meme where it's like you grew up in orange county and you had privilege and it shows yeah, yeah. it does show like huh. and i can you can see that pretty easily um at least from the, the experience that i've that i've had so do you think yeah. you stood out be, like do you, it sounds like one way to just, and tell me if i'm misunderstanding mm-hmm. this but it sounds like like you were in the OC, but not of it. Do you oh, think that you absolutely. stood out? Like, do you think that people had that perception of you? Like, you're here, but you're not really, you're not one of us. I would say yes and no. Yes, because I knew that our experiences were unique mm-hmm. um, because people down there didn't really share those kind of experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because, no, because I masked that behind a lot of the things I was doing. So... What do you, when I, do you, when I, you know, I wouldn't talk about those things with my friends. Mm. I wouldn't talk about the fact that, you know, I live in a motel with my mom. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. definitely wouldn't be something I would share about. Sure. And when it did get out, it was embarrassing. So I very much hid that part of me. How do you think um, you tried to hide it? Did you just not talk about it or did you put on airs? I just didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never lied about it because mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't literally like a shameful thing because I knew why it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely just like, People don't need to know that. Yeah, yeah. And my mom had the same perspective, like, mm-hmm. especially because she's in like a teaching environment. Like, she's like, I don't want my parents to find out or my mm-hmm. kids that I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't need to know that kind of information. And I, I kind of did the same thing. I was like, you know, if it's not gonna really do anything, why share that? Sure, sure. sure. Which caused other problems, like sure. about you know that couldn't have helped your anxiety. No, no, it's definitely like you know it felt like walking an eggshell sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely, you know, one of my reactions was getting quiet, especially when people would be like talking about different things that they had. You know, I had some rich friends who were like, yeah, my dad's a millionaire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like (laughs) um, we have a lake house in New York. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it was, Uh. you know, 
it was it was just uncomfortable in those situations mm. um which didn't help with the anxiety but it was I think going through that experience taught me a lot about what I need to know and kind of led me to the path I'm on today of what I want to do when it comes to like politics and organizing. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me that really, I think really sharp lens of like kind of focusing on the real problems. Mm. Um, so, I mean, while it was a hard time to go through, I think everything in my childhood kind of prepared me to, be like the public servant that I want to be mm. in the future. Mm. So I consider that, you know, everything is like every problem and every, you know, experience is very definitely like a learning experience. Sure. So my, my experiences, I think definitely sets me up in the future for making sure that, you know, we, we put on that lens of what is the, you know, the person who's experienced the worst of these problems, mm. what are they going through? Mm. Because, you know, when we, when we talk about putting ourselves in other, uh, other people's shoes, it's like, that is a literal phrase like put your mind in someone else's like through someone else's eyes through someone else's perspective and mm-hmm. i think you know just acknowledging that i had it really bad mm-hmm. in some spots mm-hmm. but i also know that there were people who were a lot worse than hey, off than i was yeah. i think just keeping that pers- well a lot of my friends had like the wealth and privilege and the, you know but they don't have that pr- experience mm-hmm. so i think it's you know in the end i think our family won sure. when it came to just being able to have that experience and be able to speak about it sure did you perceive or do you now perceive uh looking in retrospect uh your parents to be political or like how would you describe your understanding of them i totally forgot to say this um uh, kind of like my coming of political age like Mm -hmm. of when i got an interest in politics was relatively young i was younger than i am now Um, (laughs) i was 12 years old when i first got involved in mun so like model united nations And I was in middle school and that's when like things started to get rough. So through that, I kind of found like, oh, like I can talk about these problems because we're not, we're talking about like in a global sense. Right. So now it doesn't look like I'm talking about them because I am suffering from them. I see. I see. So there was that. And then at the same time, um, a lot of kind of back again to what you were saying of how do my mom work through this Mm -hmm. is she was a, a, a big person in um in terms of her teachers union Mm. and so oh yeah Mm -hmm. i come from union background um you know i think my mom's dad was in utla Mm -hmm. um and was a avid strong supporter of unions Mm -hmm. so my mom definitely followed suit she was you know on the executive board for her teachers union for a few years she had Um, she made time for that even yeah through with like just having to constantly like take on additional work (laughs) Wow, wow yeah and um you know she took me with her so like i was kind of you know sitting back i was i was a very shy kid when i was growing up but i was very absorbent so i was looking at it looking at the different things she was doing the organizing the hours spent you know Mm -hmm. talking at a board meeting Mm -hmm. um you know picketing all those kind of things were involved and i that's you know where i kind of find like oh like we're on to something here and i think you know with in terms of when you say we're on to something here it's it's (laughs) expound upon that yeah like my passion i was like this resonates with me Ah. and i think when i was getting involved in mun Mm -hmm. um and then when i was you know my mom's um advocacy and work for you know increasing teachers wages and making sure that they're getting the benefits they deserve Mm -hmm. as well as you know we'll get into it but like the 2016 bernie sanders campaign Mm -hmm. that all kind of pitched into like 
and was like, oh, yes, we're going to focus on like mm. American politics mm. and the the disaster and beautiful <laughs> mess that that is. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it, it was all kind of, you know, when I was 16, 17, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I see. I want to be in politics. I see. <laughs> Did you, would you, how would you describe, so your mother was very pro-union. She was mm-hmm. active in the teachers union. Yeah. How else would you either as a child, how else do you, either as a child or as a young adult right now, like how else would you describe her kind of her her politics or her political <laughs> ideologies, however you want to put that. Um, How would you describe it? She had an interesting, um, I think, beginning story when she was very, she's pretty conservative when she grew up. <laughs> she was, you know, surrounded by those kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, she grew up in La Palma, which is right near Anaheim mm-hmm. and um, Cerritos mm-hmm. in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was like in her like late teens, early 20s, like in this religious conservative kind of circle. Mm-hmm. And she like, it was a very quick reality check when her parents were like, are you sure you want to be in that? <laughs> are you sure you want to be in that kind of circles? Mm-hmm. Um, and she realized that, you know, a lot of people around her were bigots and they were mm. like, we don't like gay people and mm. we don't really like anything progressive. And mm. that's when she kind of was like, Ugh, like <laughs> this is a very snap, but like snap back to reality. Oh, and, um, you know, she's just become more and more progressive as we go. And, you know, she was 100% down for Bernie mm. both times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, luckily, I was in a family where we all supported Bernie. Mm. Um, so it was a very like... Like you, your brother, mom, dad, yes. everybody. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. so it was, it was a very pro-Bernie family. And mm-hmm. I think that only solidified my roots and my, my, my politics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was, you know, she was all for Bernie. She's like, if, if it's not Bernie... Mm-hmm this whole place is going to burn down. <laughs> I mean, and it if it's not burning, we're going to burn it down. So, <laughs> nice. so yeah, she, yeah nice. I came wow. from that kind of, that kind of tree. Right on. <laughs> Did your, was your dad particularly political or? Uh, no, no, he was, I mean, he had a political opinions. I'm still finding out new things about him mm. today, like mm. about his perspectives. Um, how would you describe what you know so far about his political perspectives or um, leanings? I'd say like, center center left okay. so he's 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 like progressive leaning he supports bernie um mostly there's some things that i'm like i don't really know where he stands on like what um i don't know I've, i remember when i found out that he was like kind of iffy on like a woman's right to choose an abortion oh, yeah. i was like oh interesting that's interesting yeah <laughs> the face you're making i don't know right if it, i don't know if it's a good interesting or a bad interesting <laughs> sure. but i'm like okay but i mean he grew up in a very catholic household sure, so i think sure. that's, that's probably difficult. yeah <laughs> influenced just a little bit yeah 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 um but he's he's just not he's he has his political views he just doesn't share them i see so he's, he's not like a ra- like he's not a keyboard he's warrior, not me and my like, mom yeah <laughs> yeah okay okay yeah interesting how would you describe your is your brother particularly political now or was he or uh, he is um kind of like of the he's very progressive hmm. but he's like it's all rigged in the end why we why would i even care mm. kind of like he cares mm-hmm. but he's like they're never gonna do the changes that like bernie wants to do mm. they're never gonna do medicare for all mm. they're never gonna do free college mm. they're never gonna give us you know universal basic income mm-hmm. so why why would i care would you so would you describe him as kind of like defeatist like it's just it's just kind of like sometimes here's what i like but they're never gonna do it so blah whatever yeah he's like i'll still vote and everything and Mm -hmm. read up on the ballot but but they won't do it they don't care yeah Mm. he said that we know that the you know the status quo is gonna stand for a while Uh, i see okay maybe not defeatist but just 
Um, Blase? I don't even know. Okay. He's a, he's a, he's an interesting person. Okay. He's very mysterious when it comes to like how he feels about certain things. But yeah. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> what how what was your relationship with your with your brother like growing up? Um, it's very up and down. I think mm. um, early on. Because everything was chaos sure. with my family, it sure. was very rough to kind of put a f- my finger on it. Yeah. Um, you know, there was times when I would be very acting out and I would like translate my parents' aggression toward each other and being like, I'd be like seven years old and cussing at him. Mm. And I'd be like a, like a little rough child. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think after that, we became really close. But I think the separation part mm-hmm. uh, over for over a year was hard. And mm-hmm. he also was dealing with you know, his own kind of like finding himself problems. Um, he didn't go to college right after and he was, he was someone who played football, but like that didn't, I think manifest into the way he thought it was going to go. Um, cause he did get an injury and then like Mm. he had to like, um, you know, get back to whatever normal was. And then in the process, like kind of felt that everyone was moving on behind him Uh, or uh, ahead of him. mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, the same situation I was talking about is, you know, you feel everyone moving ahead of you um, because that community was kind of like that in Orange mm. County. Um, and they because they were so independent, they didn't really care about mm. people who were falling behind. They're just like, oh, well. Uh, right. It must be your fault. Yeah. Mm. We'll just put it into the quarterback. Wow. <laughs> so, um, I mean, he's still finding his way. I think he's, you know, he's I think he's looking towards like engineering and electrical work. No, so I think he's finding his own path. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taking it's just taking a little bit longer than I think he expected it to sure and i mean that happens yeah i think our relationship it's good it's kind of like we had (laughs) for my mom it's very much like she needs to talk to us to feel like that we're okay yeah yeah. for me and my brother we're just like you good we're good right okay (laughs) right 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 yeah we're just like thumbs up and like say hi every once in a while um because i mean they're both down there now and i'm up here Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit harder like to have that full interaction but you know we're we're fine with each other okay how did you were very young when you were you weren't even 10 when the 2008 uh financial crisis happened but so you were very young how mm. how do you remember or think that your life was affected by that at the time or was it um i didn't know that was happening at the time um I mean, my earliest like political memory, as I do remember when Obama was a nominee, mm. was uh, not not elected. inaugurated, but I remember when he was elected. Mm-hmm. That was like my first political memory. I just mm-hmm. remember my mom crying, being oh. like, Bush is gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's kind of fuzzy between then and kind of like the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was kind of like like the silent killer, I think, mm. with, when it comes to the Great Recession, because mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of bled through my life experiences, but I never kind of attributed it to that. Ah. So I was too young to kind of understand what it, when you say like, bled economics. Through your, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. When you say it bled through your life experiences, what do you mean? I mean, I, a lot of it was the reason, you know, why we had housing insecurity and mm-hmm. why my, mm-hmm. we had, you know, economic insecurity, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that, uh, the school district, st- um, halted, you know, teachers pay for mm-hmm. five years. Wow. So froze they, it. Yeah. Like they froze no, it. And no they heights. implemented like, over i think over a dozen furlough days Hi-ya. so mm-hmm. you know you can see those like it's kind of like death by a thousand cuts yeah, of right. you know you don't it doesn't hit you in the face but it's you see it in subtle ways that's like right. oh 
we're moving a lot more. Mm. My mom is, you know, sleeping more. She's having to go to the doctor more. Because mm. um, she was she was depressed or yeah, anxious. Yeah, she's or... going through a lot of the mental health struggles yeah. um, and becoming more and more anxious. Mm. I can see my mom working more, getting yeah. more jobs. Yeah. So it was, it was never like very, I think, visible. Sure. But it was, it was like the invisible effect that it, it had on everything sure. that we did. And do, is that only coming into view now in retrospect, how, how that affected your life during the time? Or did you, or did you, were you able to connect the two at the time? I, I mm-hmm. think at the time a little bit, but mm-hmm. I mean, obviously as I get older, it always kind of calls back to that, sure. those experiences. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of both. Okay. All right. Um, so you tour, so in high school, you're having to go through the probably what I think is what I think is the most difficult time growing up. You're in the motel for 14 months. Your, your, uh, your health issues with anxiety are becoming heightened. Mm-hmm. Also at the same time, you're coming into a fuller knowledge of your full sexual self. <laughs> uh, and like that sounds like a, just a cauldron of <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what were you like, as a result of all those of all of those things kind of coalescing into a into a Josh soup, <laughs> that's a weird way of saying that. I must be hungry. Uh, <laughs> miso soup. Yeah. There we go. The miso soup. Um, did you? Were you like super? Like I cannot wait to be done with high school and like in a different situation, either at at college or I don't know, whatever. Like, were you like? Mm-hmm. Were you just like? I just have to make it to graduation. Like what was, what was kind of going through your head at that point? Um, I think looking around at my friends, especially as like a junior and senior in high school, I was like, these people are not my people. Hmm. Um, they don't agree with me. They were definitely don't agree with you. on what? Like just, I think, you know, kind of like I was talking about before, like the experiences definitely shaped who I became. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw that I was very much different mm. from, these other people who are very like, I don't even know how to say it. Like, you know, partying, like, you know, there's like a lot of partying. There was a lot of, you know, degrading behavior, mm. um, toxic behavior. And I was like, this ain't me, mm. sis, I'm out of here. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, yeah, part of it was like, I'm excited to graduate. I was, you know, my anxiety was like, Oh God, what's next? Mm. Um, but I think I was excited to kind of get out. Mm. Um, because you didn't, you were excited to get out and be around people who behaved, acted, mm-hmm. approached life differently than what the people you were around. Yeah, and I think coming here, I've like this has been like I, I consider myself. I know SF natives might not like that, but I consider yeah. myself a reborn SF native because listen, I, I, I receive <laughs> it. Do it. Yeah, because I mean, I. I definitely look around. I feel that this is my home. And I think, hmm. you know, <laughs> despite the fact that we're moving a lot yeah, and it's sure. still expensive, yeah. um, I the just the, the atmosphere, I think, is definitely like, this is the environment I want to be in. These are the people I want to be with. Mm. And it's helped with my just like individual growth, but mm. also my professional growth and, you know, finding my political space mm. and how can I, you know, be who I am mm. without, you know, feeling the outright judgment from the other people and you know mm-hmm. for, that were like from orange county so mm. yeah i was definitely like i am out of here when you were <laughs> when it was time to chuck the deuce to the oc did you only <laughs> consider coming to san francisco or were you thinking about going many other places <laughs> like what were what was your thinking at the no time? it's funny my college experience i 
was optimistic. Let's About? just say I <laughs> I applied to eight different schools. Mm-hmm. I applied to six UCs mm-hmm. and then um applied for two backup schools literally last second. It mm. was like eleven forty nine PM. No. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna apply to SF State, I'm gonna apply to Sac State. Just because I'm nervous. Uh-huh. I am so glad I did wow. because if I didn't, hmm. I would have been really bummed when I found out that I got rejected from all the UCs. And all I was of like, them? Yeah. Seriously? And my grades were good. It was it was like it was a very high up application year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um it was like, you know, every year is record breaking, but it was like over two hundred thousand people applied to wow. the UC system. So wow. it was like there's not enough space. Wow. Um but I got into SF State first, and I got into Sac State. And mm-hmm. then I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to experience those 100-degree summers in Sacramento. <laughs> so, no, ma'am. I'm going to go to San Francisco. Um, and, you know, best decision I've ever made in my life was, was coming to SF State. Had you gotten into everywhere you applied, where would you have gone? Where did you – what was your first choice that – what was your first choice? My first choice then mm-hmm. was UC Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I wanted to be away from SoCal. I didn't mm-hmm. apply to anything in SoCal except for, like, UCLA, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't have gone to anyway, so I don't know why I applied. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was my number one was UC Santa Cruz – um, looking back, definitely my, my number one choice was SF State. Mm. Even my mom was like, this seems like you mm. when we got there. And mm. I was like, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was that or like Berkeley, but Berkeley was like, mm, you know, why are you making that face? Because I don't have like a five, you know, 5.0 GPA. Like, you, oh, you have to be like a brain oh, and yeah. nerd out again. I, I had Berkeley. like a. 4.2 my junior year mm-hmm. and i still didn't get into any of the uc wow. so i was like "Ooh, wow. <laughs> so that's just a, it was a rough year I see um, but yeah i i knew that when i got to sf state i was like oh yeah this mm-hmm. is my vibe what about it made ma- what about it had you like ooh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um i think just the there's always like that that hum to the city i think it's always like ooh, like there's always something happening there's so many different cultures that Mm -hmm. i had never experienced really i never had boba until i came here and i was (laughs) my my (laughs) the amount of times my boyfriend has verbally assaulted me when it came to you haven't had boba like how dare you like and then like talking about thai food vietnamese food i'd never Mm. had those cultures exposed to me before so Mm. just being in san francisco Mm -hmm. and like every direction you look there's different types of culture there's Mm. different people it was just like a beautiful kind of blended diversity Mm. of you know this is where i want to be because i want to find out about more like i want to know people's experiences i want to know what other people go Mm. through Mm. so just being here i was like ooh, this is kind of fun and then you know um, I was very lucky to be, you know, my 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 boyfriend right after I came here. So I, I was only here for like a month or two, and mm-hmm. then I met him. Mm-hmm. Was um, that your first boyfriend? Well, we we saw other people before, but I was like, because mm. that, that's when I was like, ooh, I'm free. You mm-hmm. know, I can start seeing other guys. You know what I'm saying? But was that your? <laughs> you- <laughs> Yes, honey. Yeah. I, let, let's we're gonna park right there for a second. Let me acknowledge that. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm saying, was that your first like romantic relationship with a dude since coming out? Romantic, yes. Physical, no. There was. Come a- on, he said. Don't be inappropriate. There was. There were some other like other experiences like with you know guys and girls, and I was like, mm, 
you know, You're just like, oh, I'm just figuring seven. myself out still. Sure, There's sure, people sure. I'm like, we know this is a physical thing. We know this is like a like a hookup situation. Sure, sure, sure. But it was only a few people, mm. and you know, when I met my current boyfriend Alan, mm. you know, that's we we hooked it off really well, and mm. we hit it off like to the point where like we got, we kind of felt like we already knew each other mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we feel like an old married couple now. So it's funny. We've been together for... This child, he is two years old <laughs> talking about some old married couple. He don't sit down somewhere. Yeah, uh-huh. we've been together for um, almost four years now. Mm. Um, but, you know, it feels like we've known each other forever. And now it's like we're inseparable. So... Mm. How yeah. wild was you when you got to the city? Be honest. Wait, what do you mean? What you mean what I mean? You know what I mean? How wild was I? Yeah, like... You was like, would you just? Uh, oh, you mean like it how out? fast did I log into Tinder? Immediately, Tinder. I was like, Grinder, <laughs> Signal. I don't no, know. I I couldn't. My anxiety said no, ma'am, to Grinder. I was like, really? Yeah, I was scared. I was like, I don't oh, because because stranger danger. Yeah. Oh, um, sexual and, stranger. Yeah, danger. and I was like, eh. uh-huh, right. I'll just stick to Tinder. Oh, okay. Um, but that felt more reasonable. And it safe. felt safer. Okay, okay. Um, so I met a few people there, and I was like. Eh, cool I'm like that's nice but then um you know he i mean he's like the third person i've been with so mm-hmm. it was like it's I, I was you know hooked right away so sure, sure, i sure. think i wasn't you know i wasn't like super experienced and sure. i was like yeah well i i mean we'll see how this goes mm-hmm. and it was just you know it went off really well um and you know the rest is history. Okay. We've been together for three years now. So and he's from the, he's from here. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a he's a true SF native. Mm-hmm. He grew up in the Richmond. <laughs> okay. You can uh, listen. I'm I am here for you claiming <laughs> being an SF native for yourself. Thank you very much. I will. So, uh, <laughs> so when you got here, um, and you started studying, what are you what are you pursuing? What are your studies? Um. Well, we've had a journey. Mm-hmm. um my well i've always been political science but you know we we dabbled in like environmental science and studies and urban studies mm-hmm. um but it's always been political science um i'm graduating hopefully this semester nice! everything goes well uh-huh. um with uh a bachelor's in political science mm-hmm. and then a minor in urban studies and planning mm-hmm. um hopefully you know I'm st- hopefully by the time this comes out mm-hmm. i'll get into grad school Yay! but um where are you I, applying? I applied at SF State again, okay. so I'm like, I'm not gonna let COVID ruin the end of my college experience. Absolutely not. So I'm like, I'm hoping to stay here for two more years. Yeah, um, okay. but I'm hoping to get into like the, the MPA program, the mm. public administration. Yep. Um, and get I'm my an master's. MPP. I'll be the first person, um, on my dad's side, I think, to get a graduate degree. I mean, oh. my, my mom got her certificate, and mm-hmm. her, of course, her dad got a doctorate. Yeah. Um, but you know. I I just acknowledged that recently because my, my my good friend Andrew was talking about how he's like oh I'm the first on my dad's side to get a college degree I'm like I didn't realize you could do that mm. you know like talk about like you know not just being first gen but first gen on one side yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean uh, uh, you know we'll see what happens but right yeah so you're you're graduating this semester mm-hmm. did you only apply to SF State for grad school yes so I know people are like don't put your eggs in one basket but you know. Throughout the process of like looking at other grad schools, I was like, I don't like any other basket. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm putting right. all my eggs in SF State. Yeah. Even if I don't get accepted, I still want to be in San Francisco. I still want to get involved um, in different ways, like in the community, politics, government, um, anything to just kind of help because I, you know, I do find myself as being a part of this community now. So mm. anything to help with that, mm-hmm. um, that's what I want to do.
I now get why he is so anti-OC at every chance he gets. <laughs> but I'm very glad that the difficulties he encountered didn't rob him of his desire to make life better for people who are suffering. And also didn't rob him of that very beautiful quaff. Oh, he is such a pretty little thing. All right, uh, relax, Chanel. Uh, okay, see you tomorrow when we get into the activism he's begun at SF State.